Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, I'm Russell Guyver, and welcome to our latest episode. In this episode, I'm going to be catching up with my old mate, A.D. Packham, who co-presents the Albion Raw, and finding out his latest opinions on matters to do with Project Restart and what's gone on with that, and talking about his Albion history and various other things besides, plus I'll be subjecting him to the quiz. Just before we get into that, though, a couple of news items that have broken in the last couple of days, or few days. First of all, the news that um, the Albion have released Shane Duffy on loan to Celtic for the season and Glenn Murray has gone on loan to Watford so he'll be jumping back down to the championship to see if he can fire on his football boots and um, I think he could get amongst the goals again next season for them it could be a sensible move um, so those are two outbound uh, bits of news for the Albion we've also just had as we recorded this on Sunday the previous day Saturday a friendly with West Bromwich Albion and it was a goldish draw very uneventful I think largely speaking um, not much else has happened so far besides we're still waiting on some more transfer news in the meantime here's me and AD Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the BRP with me Russell Guyver again Peter is absent yes, it's getting to be a little bit of a habit tut tut but I have got a guest with me today he's been on before but Guesting really in, in, in his full entirety this time is Albion Raw presenter and general Albion fanatic, A.D. Packham. How are you, sir? Hello, Russ. Good to see you. Nice to see you still working for EasyJet. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, you know, because some, somebody's got to at the moment because, uh, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, all the flames are grounded and no one wants to get on one. Yeah, that's it. I'm furloughed, but I'm wearing my uniform here. Yeah, <laughs> it's, bit, it's probably very bright, and with the shiny head I've got now as well. Um, you know, just let me know if you want to, if you want me to tone down the colour tones on here. Uh, well, you know, it's a, I, was, I was doing a, I was doing a, a TV show a little while ago, and, I, and obviously those those people who do know me know I am a little bit follically challenged on on, on the on the, uh, on, on the on the chrome dome there, and they actually. The, the makeup people came on and they did actually dust my head. I was, 
and th- this doesn't happen clearly enough. And um, I, I, I think it should happen for all radio shows as well, because, you know, the glare can still hear. <laughs> Definitely. Got to dust, dust those presenters down, haven't you? Definitely. Well, <laughs> it's really great to see you. Um, good to see a bit of an Albion flag sported in the background as well. Wonderful stuff. Um, what I wanted to do on this show, you've been on a couple of times before. You came on when we had, unfortunately, the sad news of Robbo's passing mm. um, a few months ago. Um, listeners may remember. And prior to that, uh, the last time we went to a game in earnest as, as normal football fans uh, was uh, a game against uh, some team or other. And we had an unfortunate defeat. And I think we were lamenting the outcome. That, that um, burning smell from up the road. Is yeah, right. that's the one, yeah. the C word. Um, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know you don't like mentioning their name either. Um, and I think that's the last, that was the first time, sorry, that you came on the pod um, amidst uh, some windy conditions. I didn't have one of those fluffy things on the mic at the time either. So um, I, suspe- I, I, sus- I, I suspect we might have been ever so slightly over-refreshed as well, Russ, to be honest. But... Might have been a little bit, yes, yes, <laughs> replenished ourselves. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a couple of times before, but I haven't really had you on in, in full so to speak, in order to sort of talk us through more of your background. So that's what we wanted to do with this episode today, as well as uh, getting your views on the season coming up and various other things. So Mm. how did it all start for you, AD? How did you become an Albion fan? Where and when? What's the background? Well, I'm I'm what Al calls uh, a northerner. Um, I'm actually from uh, Burgess Hill originally. Um, And uh, basically, I got into footballs and friends. My brothers weren't particularly uh, fussed about it. So when I started showing an interest in football, my dad was absolutely delighted because it meant he had someone he could actually take. Um, my mate Richard, who um, had known all my life, basically his dad was born uh, a stone's throw away from Highbury, actually. Um, but they, yeah. they, they'd moved down to Burgess Hill. So Rich was obviously uh, an Arsenal fan. So basically, I kind of, started that way but my dad soon knocked that out of me um but the first the first game I ever went to was um uh, actually at Highbury uh, it was a game against Brighton uh, on uh, November the 2nd 1980 uh we lost 2-0 Brown Ritz Brown scored um could tell you the teams if you want but I won't um but um, and my dad basically said well okay so this is Brighton we're playing here this is where you're from um and this is Tony, he's from here, but we support our local team. So I supported Brighton ever since, from, from, from then on. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a roller coaster um, for all of us. Um, but we just, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, your, it's your first love, it's your wife and your mistress, isn't it? It's, uh, but, you know, in, in, it's... Apart from the dark days, obviously, you know, it's it's something that's always been there. Um, you might sometimes you're not there for it. Sometimes you 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 fall away for it, but you you can always go back to it. And when you do, it bites you, and and you and you you're there forever. Yeah, yeah. Once you're in, you're in. Yeah, yeah. And basically, yeah. I mean, well, so so going through the years, what what were your sort of happiest memories? Because obviously, your Goldstone era. What, what were your happiest memories? Firstly, the Goldstone, anything in particular? Well, I mean, yeah. it was yeah. I mean, there, there was there's, 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 there's lots of stories, but the one that um, I always go back to was it, it's, it's it's a sad story, unfortunately. But um, uh, my dad died 
um, on October the 22nd, 1988, and uh, we were at home that day to Oldham. Um, I, I was 15. I uh, didn't know what to do myself. And basically, um, friends of the family said, look, just take him to the football um, yeah. because that's what me and dad always used to do. Um, and, you know, so that kind of, you know, the fact that he died at nine o'clock in the morning and I was I was there at three o'clock for the kickoff, that kind of indicates where 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 I'm at with the Albion a little bit because it, it's, you know, even, I, I, I couldn't really tell you an awful, I know, I know we won 2-0. Um, Ron Theron was playing a goal for us as well. I can tell you that, but I, I couldn't tell you who scored in that game. But, but I mean, you know, going to the goal spoon, being a, being a ball boy there, um, we used to love, absolutely loved it because we used to run out in front of the the the, the players at, at the goal when it was packed. But we also used to love doing the reserve games because we got to have a kickabout on the pitch as well. And quite, and back then, obviously, um, this was probably what well, I was. We we weren't we were in the on the way down at that point, but you know it was the football combination and and you know we're playing teams like Spurs and Arsenal in in at, at the Goldstone on often Tuesday afternoon at two o'clock or something stupid like that, and you know you'd have the players like Glenn Hoddle and Charlie Nicholas and stuff coming back from from injury and you know these are the players you were, you were watching on match of the day and that that was always a thrill but. You know, getting out on that Goldstone pitch and having a kick about at half time and being the half time entertainment was always something that, that I'll remember. But you know, there, there's so many great times. The Arsenal game in the cup final when Nelson scored with that scissor kick. Um, the, the, the Bristol Rovers game where, where we secured promotion under Barry Lloyd. Um, I remember going to that game. So, and I don't know if you know Burgess Hill Station, but they've got these really, really steep stairs. Yeah. And we'll, one of one of our mates, he decided it'd be a really good idea to um, cycle down there on his BMX, <laughs> and uh, he didn't quite. I, have... I, don't, I don't. I I seem to remember he didn't go to the game. I can't think why. Um, it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am familiar. You know, those amazing. days, you know, you know. I mean, but you know, but my happiest time, probably supporting Brighton, really was um, under Chris Catlin. And, uh, you know, his tenure there, the, the, the side that he created with with my favourite player, Steve Penny, in there. But you also had Danny, Danny Wilson, Hans Cray, and um, Dennis Mortimer, Frank Worthington. You know, these, these, these players were absolutely wonderful to watch. And the football was great. Um, we were always on the periphery of promotion, but didn't quite make it. But the kit as well was magnificent. Um, and you know, it was it was just <laughs> it was just a really happy time. Obviously, you know, you you didn't have to worry about too much, and it, it was great. It was just just wonderful, wonderful days. I mean, we used to go stands. Um, I mean, obviously, you evolve. We, you've you've had this story before many times about about the um, the personal evolution through the through the uh, through through the Goldstone of starting off in the South Stand and moving around to. To the West Terrace, and then oh, actually quite a lot of people started on the chicken run, didn't they? But yeah, did. a, but I think the plan always was to end up in the North Stand. But actually, my favourite place to stand at the Goldstone was actually the um, the, the West Terrace, just um, the South West Terrace, just just behind the home dugout. And um, you know, it, it, it was great, and you could just see Steve Penny running down the wing, yeah. and Dennis Walton taking corners. And, and 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 you know the great and having people like John Keeley there. I mean, I know John very well, and um, he's uh, I, he actually 
he's partly responsible. I was I used to be a very good runner, and I was on the verge of running for the country at one point. Um, and uh, I, I got roped into doing this this fun run with Kilo, going running around um, Hove Park, and it was, it was me, Kilo, and Matt Hicks doing it. And uh, I was used to running a lot quicker than they were running. Let's put it that way. And they were, they were going <laughs> at a snail's pace, and I just kind of couldn't keep. I couldn't keep that pace. I just needed to go, and I just and the next and I felt my leg go, and um, it was actually my cartilage. And uh, so Kilo is responsible responsible for me not being an Olympic gold medalist. I'm convinced. <laughs> yes, of course he is. That's absolutely that. No <laughs> other reason at all. Uh, but a lot of what you just said there is yeah, very similar to me. I did start with the chicken run, but I I remember the west that West Terrace you're talking about. Um, I only went there for a brief time. I think my dad's colleague and uh and his son-in-law used to take me along to games my dad wasn't that fussed to go or was busy i can't remember and i remember seeing a few games there the penny era there was a couple of seasons there uh dean saunders i think turning Stuart pierce inside out in a league cup match against forest one evening yeah. as well um and also the southampton quarter final uh, oh yeah i've been there for that it's very Glenn surreal, bloody right? cockerel oh, twice. Yeah, that was so annoying, wasn't it? Oh. David Baldy Armstrong was playing, wasn't he? I think, and there was also I remember it was packed the, that guy. That was so. Yeah, was, I was, remember that was, that was 1986, wasn't it? That was yeah, and they had oh. the um, they they had most of the East Terrace, didn't they? I remember they yeah. opened the gates and they all flooded in like water into the terrace. It was a really surreal image, one of the most surreal I think I've ever experienced at the football. But just it's it like that the, all the people were actually just water was flowing in. It was yeah. they obviously just opened the gates after checking tickets somewhere up the street or something. I don't know what they did, yeah. but, um, did you yeah. ever go, did you ever go in the Lego stand? No, I didn't. Um, I think that is literally apart from the director's box. I think that's literally the only bit I didn't go in, in the uh, gold stand. Yeah. I never went in the Lego stand. Oh, it, it was, I was, yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I was, I remember there was a brilliant game at the Lego stand with my dad and it was against Liverpool. I remember yeah. it ended up three, three, I think. And um, I remember Bruce Grobelar having an absolute worldie that day. And it was like, yeah. we, we laid siege upon their goal. And it was just, it was back in the days when we had a little bit of a hold over Liverpool still. And uh, yeah, that was, that was particularly great. I was actually sat in the director's box after in a, in a reserve game as well, actually. And I was actually sat, I was chatting to this bloke. And uh, I had no idea who he was, but he was a nice bloke. It turned out it was, um, it was Alan Kerbsey's brother, who I found out later on was actually the manager of the home. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, which was a bit bizarre, but yeah, he was because Curbs was playing in that game, and uh, yeah, he was, that was that was a bit surreal. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a good era. You were pretty much of the same generation as me in terms yeah. of who you who you watched in the earlier days. So I'm thinking of that Bristol Rovers game. Were you in the north by that point? Yeah, I was in the north then. Yeah, yeah, because I remember us all going on the pitch, and a few people got their um unspeakables into awkward positions going through that fencing to try and get onto the pitch, I remember. If there was a wayward shot, they always used to try and head the ball back as well. Yeah, yeah, there was all yeah. that too, yeah. <laughs> it was happy days, wasn't it? It was, it was good fun. Um, and then you've, obviously yet through time, you've, you've grown to be known to anyone that knew you from the Albion for other reasons. Um, you've got into the radio, broadcasting, podcasting games in one way or another. I don't know a huge amount about your backgrounds beyond the Albion Raw. Can you tell us a bit about that? Well, I mean, I've, I've, I've always been kind of drawn to the stage in, in, in one way or another. And, you know, I mean, I, I used to play in 
I mean, I'm looking at my hair now. They used to call me Hair Slick because I, I had hair down to down to my bottom, and uh, I was a trainee rock star for, for many, many years, trying to, uh, you know, playing at some top venues with supporting some great people, and you know, we were doing really well for a while, um, but then fate intervened in the shape of a woman who went through the band, but we won't go into that. But um, but even that when <laughs> even when um, I wasn't. I was, I was. I was actually doing some radio shows back then. I, was, I used to do a thing called the Eighty Pack on Rock Show, um, which is on um, Let's Radio and Central Sussex Radio in Burgess Hill. Um, so I started off doing things like that, and then so it was just you know it's just some people just um, I don't know I just always talk bollocks basically. <laughs> it's, it's the long and short of it. I mean, sometimes it even makes sense. Um, but you know, it was, I mean, in terms of what we were doing with Raw, um, I mean, Al's probably told this story already, but, um, we kind of took, took the show over from, 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 from Johnny and, um, uh, our friend over in, in Richie over in, who's, who's emigrating to New Zealand. But, um, like Al, I got asked on as a guest and never left. Uh, and then when Richie, when Richie emigrated over to New Zealand, he said, look, do I, take over presenting the show from me and at that time I, I, I was co-presenting it with with Johnny with Johnny Harmon and uh but and then Johnny just didn't want to do it anymore so I took over full time and the show's gone from strength to strength ever since and you know we it was I mean we've been doing it over 10 years now so you know mm. we're, we're, we're over we're nearly probably nearly up to 600 shows now um cool. It, it's you know, and people seem to like what we're doing. I mean, we were probably the first Albion Show two podcast. Um, we were doing that when when people started doing it. When you know, we started listening to things like Guardian Football Weekly and stuff. They're one of the first hmm. um, yeah. football podcasts that are actually out there, um, and 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 probably got like the forerunners. And then we thought, well, can we do that? So we started started looking into ways of doing that. So we, we started doing it. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's great because it, you, you get to reach a new audience, not just in, yes. in, in and around Brighton and Hove, but, but worldwide. And I mean, every so often we do a, a where do you listen thing. And, you know, the responses we get back from all over the place, from, from Kuala Lumpur, from Australia, from Alaska, all, all they're usually, yeah. I mean, the stretch of, of the album is pretty massive now anyway. And that, that's, Going to continue to grow the longer we stay in the Premier League, but I mean, this, this, I mean, when we first getting the, getting these responses back, we weren't, we weren't in the Premier League then. Um, I mean, usually it's expats uh, who are out there, and uh, they, they just, they able to pick up on it. But it's, yeah, it, it's, it's just, it's nice that I mean, on the shows it evolved quite a lot since, since when we first started there. Um, I mean, back then it was probably, it probably was more of and this is what people used to like back then was the, the fact that it was a conversation, eavesdropping on a conversation people are having in the pub after the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've, we've had to move it on a little bit from there as, as time's gone on and, and we've, as we've got uh, bigger and better guests to come into the, into the studio or, or obviously during the lockdown, we've been doing it all on Zoom, which is, that's, but that's pretty, that that's, could be a little bit of a game changer for us as well. Um, mm. And we continue to try and, be uh, evolve and continue to try and be the be the best show that we can possibly be and the biggest one out there.
Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, certainly it's, it's the most long established. I think it was the first one I listened to. I mean, there's loads of them out there now, apart from yours and, and ours here. Um, you've got Albion Unlimited, which I think is really, although obviously the BBC have been doing various things for years, yeah. um, in terms of podcasts, I think that only started with the Premier League. It was only, yeah, yeah two yeah. years ago, two, three years and, ago. Um, yeah, and a friend of mine, Josh, who's over in the States, has got the Together podcast. Recently, we've had Football, the Albion and Me starting up, which is um, interviews with former players and other people associated mm. with the club, which is quite a nice, interesting uh, listen as well. Um, there's Let's Talk BHAFC, which is um, some other guys. I think they've got connections to the club, but they do their own independent one as well. And I think there used to be, is it Stephen Graham? Is it the comedian? Steve oh, Grant. Stephen Grant. That's yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. I'm looking at the club. That, was, that actually was the club's own one. Um, hmm. Oh, right. I mean, it was, it was very good, but I mean, it didn't really, it didn't last very long. I mean, basically, the problem with that one was um, the consistency of it, because you didn't know when it was coming out, they might do, they do one and then they wouldn't be another one for another six months. So it, yeah. it, it needed it needed to be. Yeah, you've got to have some kind of regularity. I mean, it, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, we do something like probably 48 shows a year. Hmm. Um, and then plus the theatre shows and, and, and everything else. So um, yeah. it, it, it's, you know, we've been consistently doing that and we, we, we just basically haven't stopped. Um, yeah. It's a mainstay, isn't it? Which is uh, well, I mean, the, the commitment—you have to be committed to it. That's the problem, um, mm. and I don't think a lot of people, uh, a lot of people are. And like, it does. I mean, I spend. I mean, my missus will tell, tell you this, and my <laughs> daughter as well, probably. I spend an awful lot of time researching and, and looking into things and trying to find uh, new and interesting guests and trying to. Uh, make like I said, it's trying to make it as 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 good and as as uh, entertaining. At the end of the day, it's all entertaining, isn't it? So, hmm. I mean, uh, some sometimes people agree with what we say, some people they don't. But at the end of the day, we always try and make it interesting, and we try our point. Yeah. We try and put a point of view, and ours and my point of view are quite often very different as well. So, um, hmm. that box yeah, debate then doesn't it? Which well, absolutely, yeah. Hmm. And then then you have your regulars like. Uh, Andy Bassey, you had one here the other day, Marcus. Um, yeah. We've had Nick Panic again this week. Um, you know, it, it's uh, you know, it's nice to have a, a cast of characters we can call on a regular basis, and mm-hmm. and who's and basically whose opinion people people respect. I mean, Andy has always been particularly interesting. He's got a, such mm-hmm. a wonderful, eloquent turn of phrase, and and you know, he, he can describe something quite dull in, in quite a floral manner that makes it sound good and uh, <laughs> um, I'd like to think I can do that as well but it, it, it's some it's uh, but I mean Andy's always been very very good at that and like uh, he, he does it and obviously I, sit, I, I as you know I sit next to him at the Amex anyway and uh, yeah he's great yeah that's it and you are of course in the West Upper same as me and uh, yes. a few others we often end up having a beer don't we at half time or before a match um don't it's... know what you're talking about, don't you? <laughs> or at least we used to, I should say. At the moment, we're not. Um, hoping to get fans back into games from October. Obviously, we've got the debate about ballots and various other things. We, yeah. We've talked about that already. And I mean, we, I might get your views on that in a moment. But um, lockdown itself, I mean, firstly, how was lockdown in general for you? And in terms of getting back to the Amex in your capacity as, um, well, having press pass and going to the Amex during the project restarts mm. um, era that concluded the season uh, what was your take on that as well 
Um, it was really weird. It was really weird. It was, uh, I mean, basically, I mean, it was in the West Upper. So I, I, I was actually pretty much in my normal seat, and it was just, um, apart from they nicked all the tables from the 1901 and the, the tall tables, and like uh, they dotted them around with a few extension leads for plugs and stuff. I mean, the way the way it works. I mean, I mean, you've probably seen this on, on other things anyway, but they had a, a traffic light system at the ground and all of the grounds actually. So you've got the green areas are the concourses around the stadium. Um, you've got the amber areas, which are um, everything that isn't the red area, basically. So the red area is the pitch, the technical area, the dressing rooms, and anywhere around there. So basically where the press box at the Amex normally is, is actually in the red zone. So they moved everyone into the West Upper towards the back there. Gotcha. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I know how incredibly fortunate I've been to be able to go to these games. And I know there's a lot of people like Gus Nunnery, for instance, who, who was... Um, 1140 games consecutively home and away, not out. Who, you know, and you know, you just kind of, oh, it's fine, read for him. But, and but it, yeah. it's you know, but we're there, and, and we are, and we were all working. Um, but you, you know, the, when you look at the games that we played in that period, um, you know, Man United, Liverpool, Man City, you know, these Arsenal, these are massive games, and you know, you when you're playing these teams. Uh, you know, under normal um, terms, under normal, and then in a when outside of the COVID scenario, these are exciting. There's a buzz around the place. Everyone's excited. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, Liverpool, we're going to beat them. We're going to beat them. And Arsenal, yeah, yeah, they're they're rubbish. We always beat them. Um, always get something good. And Man United, well, you know, you know that remember that little dink of Glenn's. Um, <laughs> it was you know these, these there's, there's always um, yeah played in the FA Cup. It's a buzz. You know it's. Uh, you know, this, this, these are big games, and I'm going to go. I, was, I, I live over in Worthing now, and I was cycling to the games. Um, and you know, but I mean, I did pop into in, through Brighton on a couple of occasions just to get something to eat. And like, uh, there's 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 no buzz, there's no excitement, and then you know you, you come you're coming up to the ground, and again, there's nothing. You get there and. You know, you can you see the the, the Man United team bus, the Arsenal team bus, the Man City team bus, all in there. You know, things you see on the telly on a big Champions League bus. It's there, just parked in front of the club shop, and because um, I have to go through a separate entrance because I can't I can't go through the normal entrance I um, uh, would normally. And it's you're there, and it's just it's just it's you know it's just. Um, once the once the game starts, it, it it's you know you concentrate on the game and actually without um, distraction of, of, um, of fans there, you can actually pick up on the team shapes and the patterns of play and, and what's happening and you can hear. I mean, I, I was a bit disappointed to be in the West Upper. I was hoping we were going to be in in the normal press box because I was hoping to. I mean, we hear about Graham Potter's um, tactical um, genius for one of a bit of phrase, the, the way he. He'll change games throughout. I was interested to hear what he what he was saying, but I mean, you you can hear who the most vocal players are out on the pitch, and who the more like dynamic, the more the leaders on the pitch, and you can also find out who swears the most. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at you, Mr. Klopp, you potty mouthed hooligan. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, oh God, everyone thinks he's wonderful. God, what a charmless man on the, on the touchline, Jesus. <laughs> 
He's like, I, I heard a story that the Arsenal players were giving the photographer daggers when he was taking pictures of the injury. Yeah. Um, the yeah, because they, the they can hear yeah, the clicker. Yeah, which they on... wouldn't normally be able to hear, obviously. And uh, lots of strange scenarios have obviously popped up as a result of this. And um, I guess it must be something very odd. I mean, the, the, the crowd sound was only something that we heard through the TV, I'm assuming. Although, did they make the goal music? Oh, well, I don't, we didn't have it. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did play goal music. I mean, we yeah. unfortunately, yeah. We didn't score enough goals to. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, Donkey had song two by Blur. Um, Morpai had um, a, it was a Queen song, but I, I was uh, too busy. I didn't really. I forgot to write down which one it was. Um, hmm. um, so were these were these requisitioned by the players? Well. Just those, the yeah, they all they were they decided right. they, they wanted their own individual songs. Yeah. So they, yeah. but I mean, you know, it, it, but it was what it was, and you know, I mean, some some players I think benefited from not having a crowd. Um, hmm. I think that they and I think that will stand them in good stead going forwards because you know every, every team's got its boo boys. They're the ones that rightly or wrongly get. A lot of stick. Mm. They they could be having the work the best game ever, and someone still say they're rubbish or yeah. are having or they they shouldn't be anywhere. They shouldn't. They're not fit to wear the shirt. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's like I suppose people like Lamptey we won't really know because he sort of came on the scene during the, the lockdowns. So we don't. Yeah, I mean, we were, we I was talking to Andy about this at, at the um, the friendly last week, <laughs> and um, and um, we were saying that yeah, this is actually the first time you've ever seen him in the flesh. Mm. It's like it's just like it's just like mind blowing to me. Yeah, it was like, uh, but the guy, the guy, the guy's clearly got a lot of talent, isn't he? And he, he's yeah. one that we're really excited going for going forwards. Absolutely. I mean, I think Connolly might be someone that's benefited from playing behind closed doors because it takes the edge off. He obviously came on the scene, did very well in one of the earlier parts of the season with the Spurs game, and then he's fallen away quite a bit. I, I wonder how much that might be to do with confidence and. I don't think that's got anything to do with the crowd, to be honest. I think I mean, Aaron's a very, very confident guy. Um, yeah. I think he gets more disappointed with himself if he, if he flusses his lines. Um, and, and I think he's a harsh critic on himself. And and you know what? He probably deserved criticising himself quite a lot because, you know, we were all so excited when he burst onto the scene. And, you know, it, it was the first one of, of, the, of the products to come through that... Um, oh yeah, Potter started to revolve evolve these players from the academy, and it's like you know this is great news for the players there. Cause look, look, he's he's playing, he's playing in the first team, Marley, he's scoring. It's like, uh, and then Alzati comes through as well, and it's like who um, should have yeah. been scoring? Um, Absolutely, but it, it, it should give some confidence for White as well, because obviously the tricky bit with White was he would have been guaranteed first team football had he ever had the chance to go back to Leeds with us. If we still had Chris Hughton, I don't suppose we'd be in a very good bargaining position in terms of arguing for opportunities for him. Whereas, you know, based on what you've just said, the players that have had opportunities at a young age, you'd like to think that White is going to figure. I mean, he's obviously an exceptional talent anyway. Yeah. To an even greater degree than some of the others. But, um, yeah, I suppose it, that's the sign of the times, isn't it? And but yeah, I mean, reading between the lines, I mean, but, I mean, it, it's, you, you, you look at, and you can't take too much from, from a, from a pre-season friendly, but hmm. you know, what, watching that game last week and uh, and, and seeing um, some of the players that were given an opportunity, the likes of Jason Malumbi, for instance, who, who, who came on and he, he he just looked like he belonged there, you know. Hmm. And um, Max Saunders as well got an opportunity. I mean, Chris Walton, we think. I mean, David Button's just gone today, so 
Um, yeah. That that he he hopefully if his injury's not so bad, he he will be, have the opportunity to push Matty Ryan. I mean, they're two very very different goalkeepers. I mean, I, the, the irony the irony for me was that Walton got cropped doing exactly what 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 my goalkeeper to do, um, yeah. which is coming out for a high ball. But um, <laughs> it was. Uh, that's right. That's where he's he's different, isn't he? To Ryan, he's able to do that, willing and able to do that to a greater degree. Now, <laughs> unfortunately, it's, I feel for the guy because he's been struggling to make his mark with us. He's had to go out on the several loans. He's finally sort of ready to to try and make a break for the first team in some capacity this season. And he gets an injury that set him back for a few weeks at least. And um, yeah, it's a bit of a, a strain. Yeah, it's not as bad as we thought, but I mean, I think that there will yeah, be the goalkeeper, which yeah. I don't think it's going to scupper. I mean, I mean, actually, we've got two very. I mean, it's, there's. Um, I, can't, I can't remember the guy's name now. He was on loan at Worthing, and I saw him play. Oh, quite Rushworth. A lot. Rushworth. That's it. I saw him play quite a lot for Worthing last year, and mm. um, he's terrific. And Rocco Rees as well. I mean, he's he was actually he's back at Worthing now, but he was uh, he was terrific. I mean, got a lot of good young goalkeepers coming through. Um, some of the girls just gone on loan to Crawley. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you know, defensively. Uh, we just want a few more forward players to come through. I mean, Conley's one. Um, Cashman's just gone on loan to Wimbledon, hasn't he? So, mm. uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the academy's starting to produce some, some good players. Um, yeah. And that's what, that's what we need going forward, particularly post-COVID, where money's going to be a, a lot tighter. I don't think the, the, the pockets of the chairman are, aren't going to be as deep as they possibly could be, not just here, but everywhere. Um, it, it's going to be down to clubs to develop their own players, and um, yeah. and, and you know, we, hopefully, we'll we'll see a few more. And, and Potter, basically, he, he's got the mentality that if, you, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I he, think that Malumbi could be a, a revelation this year if yeah, if, I think if he gets an opportunity. I think you're, but, I think yeah, that's right. If he gets the opportunity, I think he'll get in and he'll make his mark. He's, I've yeah. seen him a few times last season. He's definitely got all the attributes. Um, yeah. Just a matter of making the step up now, and um, it looks like he, he could be good for that. Um, even sort of young guys, you say, I mean, even uh, Lauren Tolai, I think it's pronounced, he's, I think he's just pushing 19, he's coming up to 19. Yeah. Now. So, I mean, he's the guy he's that scored 15 goals or something. For, <laughs> yeah. Isn't he? But, yes, indeed. Um, so, in one game, even, might I should point out, one game. It was, yeah. <laughs> but it was also 10 men. There was only 10 men on the field for 65 minutes, which was bizarre. And still got a, I think it was 16-1 the result in the end. <laughs> it's uh, crazy, isn't it? Yes. Um, <laughs> but, um, I mean, the ins and outs, obviously, we've, we've, everyone's covered who we've signed so far. We won't dwell on that other than to say some good signings in there, but we probably need two or three more, don't we? I mean, in terms of the outs, already we've had, uh, this is a policy that's been going on for a season or two already. A lot of, as you said, a lot of young players coming through the academy doing well and then getting out on loan, getting to cut their teeth like Malumbi did last season and White in uh, a, a decent level in the championship. And we've had a few people have gone out on loan. Yeah, um, Matt Clark already. Yeah, Matt Clark's gone out. He was player of the season at Derby last year. He's already back in the action for them this year on a second season loan. Uh, Percy Tau obviously is a different kettle of fish, but he's gone to Anderlecht. Uh, we've got Leo Ostergaard's gone to Coventry, of course, in the championship this year. Um, Ryan Longman, I think it's at Wimbledon, isn't it? Or has is, Cashman gone there as well? Uh, it could be Longman. I think Cashman Long- has gone out somewhere as well. I'm not yeah. quite sure oh, right, where okay. it was. Yeah. Uh, Warren O'Hora, the young player of the season, has gone to MK Dons. 
uh, or the youth player of the season. Taylor Richards has gone to Doncaster, and obviously now uh, Tom McGill to Crawley that you've mentioned. Yeah, um, he was there, he was there last year as well. So yeah, that's right. So he's gone back out to them. So quite a few have already gone out, and there'll be plenty more will do as well. And they're, uh, they're, yeah, they're all loans. Even Glenn Murray and Shane Duffy are loans. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, which was a, which was a surprise because I thought that. Yeah. Um. I mean, I mean. I guess it's like I mean, this, we've got we've got no divine right to be in the Premier League. Let's face it. And if we do, if the worst does come to the worst this season, um, then you may see those guys come back. Possibly. Yeah. Um. I mean, Glenn will be what thirty eight then. So I mean, hmm. which to me is remarkably young. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> of course, and me as well. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's a little bit like knockout, isn't it? You got got the sense that at the back of their minds, they maybe were thinking the same thing last season when they loaned him with an option to buy. I know there was a there was a there was an option for them to to buy him anyway. Yeah, but it's always a possibility we might have ended up having him back. And yeah, since the last podcast, as you've just mentioned, Shane Duffy's gone to Celtic, and Glenn Murray, a little bit more surprisingly, perhaps because nobody saw it in the offing. Uh, has gone to Watford for anyone that's uh, missed. <laughs> I, I wasn't surprised. I mean, the fact that he wasn't in the matchday squad at all um, mm. and he was fit for the, the Chelsea friendly the other day, I thought um, that yeah. suggested that, I mean, Shane Duffy was, which kind of, we knew that that was kind of yeah. possibly, uh, we'd, we'd already heard about that. I and mean, Rod Stewart was particularly delighted, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't it? <laughs> but it was... <laughs> You know, I mean, Glenn was, I mean, he, he's, he's 37 this month. Um, he's, I think Graham would have liked to have kept him around. If, if, but Glenn's, he wants to be playing games. Watford's commutable from here. He's not going to move. He's, he, and when he comes back, he'll be a club ambassador for sure. Uh, I mean, he'll have his work in the media as well, which he's started to do a lot more of. Yeah. Making my gigs, actually. But, um, it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's, he's, but, you know, I mean, he, he's, he's got guaranteed legend status here and still at Palace as well, which is, which is quite remarkable. Yeah. Really. Yeah, that's it. And, um, I mean, others, obviously we've mentioned David Buttons now gone out today, uh, recording this on Sunday. Um, uh, he's gone to West Brom as speculated and I mean, others have left obviously earlier in the window. Um, one that, again, excluded from the friendly of the weekend, Ali J. I'm guessing I mean, things are looking... Oh, yeah, no, he didn't play this weekend, did he? No. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, you know, the, the cards are up for him now. Um, it seems more, smart, more to do with the end of last season than anything that doesn't look like there's a way through yeah, for him. I, 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 I mean, I get asked to do some weird things. <laughs> 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 and um, I, I did an interview... Uh, a month ago with the Persian Times. Um, <laughs> of course. Wonderful. <laughs> of course. That, that well-known publication, <laughs> um, which is particularly big in Persia, I hear. Yes. But basically, I mean, obviously, they wanted to know, the, the, the interview was basically wasn't about Brian, obviously, the in-depth stuff mm. there. Um, but in particular, they, they wanted to know all about their man, which is obviously Shahambash. Um, I'm I'm a big I'm a big fan of Ali. Um, I just think I don't know I I don't think he knows what his best position is. I don't think Potter knows what his best position is. I think if he gets a run in the team, in I mean he, he hasn't at, at Premier League level he hasn't got the pace to be a winger. Um, hmm. I think there's a lot of traffic as a number ten, but 
is there is there an opportunity for him to be playing if he's playing actually as a forward, which is what he he was doing um, for a time without Mar and scoring a lot of goals. And he he's he he's a very instinctive finisher when he gets the opportunity in front of goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we he he just needed one to go in for him, which he did. And then obviously that that absolutely wonderful goal he scored against Chelsea last year. Um, but you know we, we've seen him rattle the crossbar. We've seen him fizz absolutely exercise shots wide. And I think that yeah, may, could you could you just could you see him further forward? I mean, maybe he needs he needs some more legs alongside him, like a Connolly. Yeah, or, I mean, or maybe Morpai, if, but if he's part of a, a two or a three of actual attacker, yeah, in the, in the general sense, four three three, or he's part of a three five two yeah. in the forward position of that combination. Formation, um, then maybe, yeah. I haven't seen enough of him in the forward position to, to really know, but it, it certainly does seem the case that he's not quite, as you but said, from the his, or the tenacity for that wing position. But from his point of view, does he want to go a third season of not really playing? Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, is it, is a, a loan <laughs> option uh, where where he's at there? Maybe that's another thing. I mean, we possibly just give him time to adjust to get his confidence back up somewhere. Yeah, I I, I think. I, I don't know. I'm, I, I personally, I, I, I've got a lot of time for him. I think he's, he's a lovely guy. I think he's, he's got um, a lot of great attributes, and I think he, he, he is, there, there is a, a very good player there. But some, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out for a player at a particular mm. place. Um, and maybe yeah. for him, it might be work time to move on. I mean, I think that Potter will find a way to get something out of him, but it, it, it will be a bit part play. I mean, yeah. we learnt last year you can never second guess a Graham Potter side, can you? I mean, I, I, I go, you know, we used to, well, we never used to do on Oliver anyway, but, um, you know, we used to talk, oh, yeah, well, it's, it's going to be this, it's going to be with Chris, it's going to be 4 4 2, it's going to be Murray, it's going to be Duncan Duffy, it's going to be Bruno. You, you can basically pretty much predict it every game. And the 18th um, minute substitutions. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> the same so, ones every time. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, with, with Potter, I mean, I think that he, he, he does pick horses for courses. He will pick a team to, for a certain opposition. And, um, and he expects everyone to be tactically fluid. But it, it's just a case of, you know, what, what, what do you, where does he fit into that? And is it, like I said, it's just that my one concern about it, if he had pace, he would be, Devastating. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, in terms of recruitment, we've mentioned um, we've had some in Lanana was great. Feldman, we'll, we'll see how he does. That sounds a good signing, and some of the young ones might be good for the future. In terms of who we haven't got, well, there's rumours we might have been priced out of the Ollie Watkins um, scenario, and that was one thing that's we've been linked with. Um, also from Brentford, Rico Henry is one of the left backs that we've been connected with. Jamal Lewis might have been good, but he's gone to Newcastle. Callum Wilson apparently he might be going there for 20 mil, which is good mm. for a Premier League experienced striker. They're starting to get their recruitment quite right, nicely online. But as well as missing out on the likes of Watkins, I mean, we've got Nunes, he's opted for Benfica. Apparently he just didn't really fancy it in England or with us or whatever it was. So fair enough, whatever. The big news is that um, contrary to our rumours last year, uh, last um, last episode even, um, where Peter was absent, he was um, claiming he was in Wales with his fiancée visiting her family, but I'm pretty convinced he was trying to negotiate a deal for Messi over in Barcelona. Unfortunately, <laughs> we just missed out 
it was the 700 million in the end. We couldn't quite pay it. He's decided to stay for another season. So we missed out on bloody Messi as well. Unbelievable. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> um, but joking aside, we, uh, yeah, left back and striker are really what we're looking at. Yeah, I mean, me. I, we, we, we know, we know, look, we know, everyone knows what we need. Um, hmm. But I mean, the, the, you, if you, generally speaking, if, you, if you're reading about it in the papers, it's the agents talking about it, not the club. Exactly. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, the days of, of um, Dick Knight telling us exactly who he's trying to sign um, before we, <laughs> about six months before we even spoken to them is 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 long gone, unfortunately. Mm. But, um, but you know, the club has got it's, it's, the recruitment um, stuff. It, it's all very much cards held to the close to the test chest, and you know they'll they'll be doing their their due diligence and they'll be working out. Um, the right fit for the squad. Um, obviously, the money comes into it. I mean, the the, the, the lesser spotted, fabled, um, twenty goal a season striker. You know, you know they want some money, as Gus once said. Yeah. Um, you know, they they don't come cheap. I mean, and I've, I've said this many times as, as an analogy, but I'll just repeat it now. I mean, when you know, some some people go shopping in Harrods, some people go shopping in Waitrose, some people go to Mark Dispensers, we're going to Lidl's. Um, you know, we, we need to... And, and you know, if, the quality of, of Lidl's is fantastic. And the wine is amazing. Um, the, the beer is good. Um, and you can get... But you get amazing value. Um, and, you know, it, it might not necessarily have the quality of, 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 um, of, of Mark Dispensers or, or, um, or, or the Harrods Food Hall or something. But, you know, they still go off. Eventually, um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's a great analogy, actually. Yeah, because it's you, like you, you know, still get you, quality. You, you, can get, you, can get, you, you can get the quality, and you, but you're yeah. getting the value, um, yeah. and that's the market that we're, we're in. That's the market we're looking at. Um, you know, I can you honestly see Brighton Hove Albion spending forty million quid on the player? I mean, I, I guess as time goes on, the longer we stay in the Premier League, it might happen. But I, I'm not sure. I want us to. Hmm. <laughs> Um, hmm. I, I just, it just, that, that's a lot of money. Um, and I think, you know, us, the fact that we, we paid 20 million twice, over 20 million twice <laughs> last season, hmm. it is testament to the fact that, <clears throat> of what, what, what is happening. But, you know, we've, we've, we've got to have faith in our academy and we've got to have, we've got to get the value because we're not going to, if, if these guys don't want to be here, fine. We, we, we don't want them to be here either. Um, but I, I don't know. I've got no idea. I haven't heard, picked up any rumours. You, you go into North Stand chat stuff, and you're seeing this name and that name all, all touted. But like again, it, this is the agents talking. The club yeah. won't publicly say they're after X, Y, Z player. Um, mm. yeah. And if you're seeing it in the papers, it's the agent trying to up their value. Absolutely. And I mean, I'd, I'd certainly, I'd take it if we spent a decent sum on our left back, and we got a good striker on loan who's got Premier League or, or some sort of English experience we could develop on, like Brewster, who I'm a big fan of. And uh, he may not be loanable anyway, as Liverpool don't know what they're doing with him yet. But somebody like him, somebody got, who's got the requisite quality that could probably step on quite comfortably. Mm. Um, and, then a, and then a good left-back. I think that would represent decent enough business, given what we've already done so far. But, um, you know, but there's plenty of time left in this window. Um, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Well, there is, there's, a, there's a paucity of decent left-backs mm. out there. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it, it's, you know there's, um, you're seeing Bernardo linked with a move out of the way. 
I mean, again, I, he's someone who I think has got a role to play. Yeah, it's a head scratcher, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, he must be kicking himself uh, um, that a draft gets picked ahead of him every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's bizarre. I can only think somehow he's not clicking in with the philosophy or the just behind the scenes, the whole the, the way Potter's trying to assemble and amalgamate the squad. There's something. I guess he just doesn't fit into the equation because. Well, he's versatile. I mean, we've, we've got most yeah. of our defenders can play pretty much anywhere across across the back line. So. Mm. I mean, Bernardo can play a centre back. Dan Dan Byrne is a centre back, but he's been playing a left back. Yeah. So yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know. Do. That seems to be okay. Kicking Andoni, and I include on the positive column as well on that one. <laughs> it was him, well, wasn't it? He didn't. Oh, yeah. uh, this is see, this. This, we have, this got mentioned <laughs> on the show again. This week. he didn't actually kick him. What? Well, he kind of. What he was trying to do. He was trying to do the uh, flop out the um, the chewing gum and volley it. And yeah, he kind of, <laughs> he missed the chewing gum, but got, um, got Andoni. Of all people. <laughs> and then, that, might be, that might have cost him his place, actually, Andoni. No, yeah, maybe. His maybe. head went after that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Aidy, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll have a shorter second part where I'm going to subject you to the quiz. This is the momentous moment, and you are the final contestant on this inaugural season of the quiz. We only started in January, so it's like a half season of sorts, although it kind of isn't with the week start and the lockdown and everything else but you're going to be our final contestant the target to beat is 14 we've got you coming in uh i think as as, as a strong outside dark horse candidate to my eye is in i am uh, i i basically the name of one of my bands was in fact 14th eye so i'll aim you for that <laughs> well we'll see we'll see how you do in a moment so we're going to pause for a sec we'll be back after this short break So welcome back to the second part of this latest episode with me and with AD. Um, it's coming up to the time where I'm going to subject you to the quiz, AD. You're going to be my final victim of this season. And the target to beat is 14. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're coming up to that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm actually, strangely, I'm not confident, but... Um, no? Oh, the disclaimer is, is most unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone always says that. <laughs> Mind you, they usually do uh, struggle when they do say that. To be fair, as well. Yeah. So we'll, well see. I mean, Al, I mean, Al's always said that the most the most difficult section on on the rent quiz is the one that people get most questions wrong is is the um, is on the Albion round. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the league table. So Robin is the target. He's got fourteen. Uh, the aforementioned Alan is in joint second place, actually, with thirteen along with the combo of Nick and Alistair, my mates in Manchester. Kieran Maguire had 12. Josh from the Together podcast and my co-host Peter. Spencer Vignes, all on 11. Simon Tipple on 10. I got nine and a half, but I, I was stitched up by Peter, I'm telling you. Nine and a half I was on. Um, Brett was on nine. I think Andy Bass was on eight. I forgot to write it down, but I think he got uh, eight. Andy got nine. Oh, he got nine. Didn't but, he? He got, he got, actually, I mean, you, you stitched him up a little bit, actually. Oh, oh, hello, but you've got 14 on this. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it was basically the Real Madrid question he got right. And um, oh, yeah, so you that, basically, because you've forgotten about... Um, forgotten about the <laughs> you, wasn't it? Yeah, so we could say he's on 10 with Simon then, to be fair. Um, then we've got Amir from the States is on 8, and Richard Holberton is leading for the back with 6. So um, that's, that's the... That's I, I'm, the aiming, I'm aiming for 6 plus. 
<laughs> there we go. No, you've got to try and be Alan. That's surely the target. Um, <laughs> that would also mean joint, joint winning or possibly winning outright. We'll see. Um, well, here we go with it then. Confidence. I, I just couldn't remember. <laughs> I just couldn't remember Lopetegui's name for a minute there. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's bringing names back to your head, isn't it? It's, you yeah. know the answer, but it's getting it out. It's but a Sunday we'll afternoon, think... and I've been, I've, 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 <laughs> I've been doing childcare all day, so my, mate, my brain's currently muffed. Especially now you're on the beers as well. Well, that, that was, it's, it's well-deserved, <laughs> actually. After. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, here we go. Here's the questions. Let's see how you do. Good luck, AD. And we're off. Question one. Can you name two or more clubs that Graham Potter has played for? Uh, Southampton and um, uh, 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 Birmingham. Yes, correct. You could also have had one I think you were about to say. Were you going to say Stoke? I was going to say Stoke, yeah. Yeah, you were worried if I was right or not. That is correct. Uh, Um, You could have had West Brom. I was going to say West Brom as well, actually. That was another one of my... Uh, on my list. I knew those four, but I didn't know Macclesfield, Boston United and York City also as well. I, I, I know um, York. Yeah, yeah he, he, he was a bottom dweller for a while. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, 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 uh, so he, nev- he never really, um, his his playing career never really took off. Yeah. I think uh, by his own admission, he, he said he was he was never any any great shakes. Um, he was also on loan at Wickham, Shrewsbury, or Shrewsbury, depending how you want to say it, Northampton and Reading on loan spells at uh, various points too. But anyway, one out of one, good start, AD. Question two, and it's keeping on an Albion and a Graham Potter theme. In which season did Potter manage Ostersons to the knockout stages of the Europa League? Oh, Christ. Um, just a bit okay. of calculation here, I think. Yeah, well, basically, so he he's, he came to us last year. Yeah. Uh, so that was, ni- that was 1920. Yeah. Um, he, was, he was at Swansea, um, 1819. Mm-hmm. I would say, so basically going back, so basically the Ostersons prior to that and I think it was the season before so um, it will, would have been so Swansea 1819s uh, 1718 <sighs> I'm going to say uh, I'm going to talk myself out of this uh, is he going to miss an open goal here <laughs> yeah so it was at Swansea so basically, so basically yeah. I'd say don't overthink this is my clue here yeah. Um, much. Obviously, <laughs> the general logic's good here, but don't overthink it. Um, so, basically, I think it was so Swansea was so Brighton, uh, 1920. Swansea, 1819. I'm going to say 16, 17. Oh, you've hit the post and it's come back out. It was 17, 18. It was 17, 18. What's yeah. the year before? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going yeah. to get a steward's inquiry on that. I'm pretty sure it was the year before. Ooh, okay, well, we'll, we'll check that. Um, we'll, we'll have a look into that. Anyway, meantime, on to question three. For which London club did Eberechi Eze sign this window? For which club did he sign for? Yeah, he's uh, coming from Cricket Alice. Yes, he is, indeed, yes. Annoying, actually, quite a good signing, I think. But we'll we'll wait and yeah, see. Yeah, I think. I mean, Brett was very. Good. He was mm. one of us signings. So. I've been a big fan of this for a while, but now I hope I'm wishing him uh, a dreadful run of form. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we'll see. Um, question four. So we've got two out of three with the stewards' inquiries flagged up. Um, before the opening of their new home in 1997, they played at the Victoria Ground. Who are they? 
before the in 1997. Yeah, till 97. So they moved into a new home in 97. Prior to that, they played at the Victoria Ground. Who are they? It's obviously this well, is an English club. Yeah, well, uh... not to confuse with Hartlepool, who play at Victoria Park. Yeah, well, Victoria well, Stoke. Well, Stoke used to play at the Victoria Ground, but that was um, they've they've been at um, in Britannia since long before then. I mean, I remember them playing there when when, when we were getting uh, promoted. I'm going to say Stoke. I'm going to say Stoke. <laughs> I'm glad you did because I thought you were going to hit the post again. There, <laughs> it is the correct answer. Yeah, yeah, good. So we've got three definites onto the board. Nice, good work there. Um, Right, okay, next question. This relates to something we were talking about earlier as it happens. Uh, for whose under-19s did Albion wonder kid Laurent Tolai score his eight goals, it was, by the way, that he got in a game on the 19th of November last year? Switzerland. Um, it was indeed, yeah, Swiss uh, under-19s. Four points on the board. Um, okay, question six. Which English league team go by the nickname the Mariners? Grimsby. Yeah, one to five. Uh, question number seven. Who is currently the youngest ever player to make a Premier League appearance? This is a fairly recent um, achievement. Oh, God. I think um, it was the last season or the year before. It was the fella for Liverpool, I think. Yeah. 16. I can't remember. Yeah. The guy used to play for Fulham. Um, yeah. That's what you got the bank. He's, got, got, stupid, he's got stupid hair. That's definitely um, correct. <laughs> and, and I really can't remember his name. Um, okay. Well, I'll give you a bit of um, recollection time on that one, as I do customarily with anybody. So I'll give you a bit of time to try and think of that. Um, I'm keeping an eye on your hands to make sure you're not Googling anything. <laughs> He's keeping them in the air, folks. Um, we can come back to it a little bit later anyway. Um, but, uh, yes, you, you have got the right person. Harvey something? No, no yes. Harvey Barnes. Yeah, um, it is Harvey something, and it's definitely not Harvey Barnes. Um, I have to go slightly further down the alphabet, I think. Yeah, go and move on. I'll come back to that. Okay, cool. Right. On to the next one, then. How many consecutive league titles have Celtic currently won? Uh, there are nine. Yeah, that is correct. Um, okay, on to international matters. Two stadia have hosted a World Cup final twice. Who are they? Two stadia twice, okay. Yeah. Uh, so basically it's going to be, uh, the Azteca is one yeah. in Mexico. Yeah. Um, Brazil had it twice, is it American? Um, just run it. Uh, I'm just trying to think, because Germany have had it twice. Is it? I'm not sure it's the same stadium. I'll, I'll, yeah. Actually, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Germany. I'm going to go. Um, no, is it? Uh, I'm going to go Brazil, American R. Yeah, he's got it. Oh, <laughs> you keep you keep aiming for the post, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it's American R. Always go with your first instincts, except when they're wrong, obviously. Uh, <laughs> so we're on to seven at the moment. Um, the last of the, of the standard questions, question ten. What do these players all have in common? Bert Schuster, Albert, I think this is pronounced Celades, uh, Luis Enrique, Samuel Eto, Ronaldo, this is the uh, Brazilian Ronaldo, and Javier Saviola. Yeah, that's part, that is part of it, but it's not all of it. I, I think we could actually add, unless I'm mistaken, you can add Figo into this list as well. 
played for Barcelona as well. Yeah, <laughs> but they, it's not just that they played for Barcelona. That's half of the question. Oh right, okay, exactly correct. And um, they've done something else as well. So they, I'll just li- re- relay the list again. So it's Bernd Schuster, Albert Celades, Luis Enrique, Samuel Eto'o, Brazilian Ronaldo, Javier Saviola, and Luis Figo. I'm pretty sure Figo's right, but don't hold me to that one. They've all played for Barcelona. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> well, you asked me what they all got in common. They all played for Barcelona. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they what two things they've got in common. Stewart's inquiry. Um, <laughs> There's an and. And they all scored in a Champions League final. I don't know. No. Uh, so Bert Schuster's German. He, yeah. he, he's never managed them. They've all scored. They've all scored in the European final. No, so it's a decent effort. Now that one is they've all played for Barcelona and Real Madrid. So it's uh, yeah. It's oh, uh, I know Fig- Figo did play for both. I don't think Etu yeah, did. Yeah, because I remember Etu playing for. I, I remember playing for Chelsea. Um, I can't remember remember playing for he, for Madrid. I think he had a brief spell. Um, oh, he did. Yeah, he yeah, played three he... games at the beginning of his career. There we go. I did not know that. Oh, it was at the beginning. That was why. Yeah, only I remember three looking, games. I remember looking it up and thinking it was a bit of a curiosity, okay. but um, yeah. So there we go. I, okay, I'm, so I'm, I'm, take, I'm taking the moral high ground because you only asked me for two. Th- uh, you only asked me for what have these players got in common. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> no comment. Um, yes, it's quite one of those, isn't it? Start. It's not arguing a, uh, the case, but um, anyway, let's uh, uh, look through oh, here. God, I think in terms of trying to find out about the European record. Yeah, the UEFA the Europa League was. Uh, for Ostersons, just double checking on that one. Um, it was, I think, yeah, it was the seventeen eighteen season, just to confirm. Okay, cool. Well, I, was, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was close. I'll, ta- I'll yeah. take that one. I'll take that one on the chin. Um, I'm assuming Liverpool player. Yeah. Yes, let's go back to that one then before we go to the um, rounds. This could I make can a see difference. his face. I can see him. Yeah. So yeah, we've got... Does it start yeah. with an E? Yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah. Evans. That's... So we're talking Liverpool player. Elliot. Harvey Elliott. Yes, you've got it. He's got it. <laughs> there we go. So you're on to eight. You're on to eight points. You can't win, but you can draw with Mr. Wares. That's a vital, oh, that, that will vital difference. Well, answer. Now we, now we find out if you're going to get this right. This will be your era. It's an Albion question um, of sorts. It's a who am I round. And um, you may know the format. If you get it on the first um, batch of clues... You get five points, scaling down to potentially down to zero, but um, five points for the first clue, four for the second, etc. Okay, so this person um, was born in Leeds, played for his hometown club, um, and scored on his debut, age 17, in a 1-0 win over West Bromwich Albion. Uh, he then went on to make 108 appearances in total for Leeds over four seasons, scoring 22 goals before joining Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, in an exchange deal. I won't say who for, but... Terry um, Connor. You are correct straight away. Well done, sir. Bangs it right up onto a nice round, not so round, 13 figure. So you are in joint second place. Oh, bloody hit the post. <laughs> hit the post. <laughs> yeah, it's agonising. What was that one? I can't remember that. You got... Uh, I think the Ostersons one. Ostersons, yeah. Yeah, you changed your mind on that one, didn't you? Yeah. 
But 13 to I, 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 I was sure that it was the season before. But, um, but I think... Oh, no. It could feel Yeah, no, because he did go to... He went to Swansea yeah. at the beginning of the season. So mm. I thought it was... The, I thought he had a season before that. But... Um, I'm pretty yeah, sure. I'm still sure it was the season before, but I never mind. <laughs> not going to lie. The stats don't lie. The stats don't lie. Apart from the lie. There we go. Well, um, that was decent. A decent effort. 13 points. Your joint second with Alan Wares and also with Nick and Alistair from the Manchester area. Albion fans. Good lads. Um, all on a high, commendably high score. Much more than I got. That's all I can say. But Robin is officially this year's, this season's <laughs> inaugural Competition winner. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's Haggerty, isn't it? He's going to love it when he finds out. Oh. He's listening to this. Um, so there we go. Anyway, can't be helped. Next year, next year, we could do it all again. Um, in the meantime, that um, that's, brings the competition to a close. Um, we also recently did our Player of the Season award, and we, well, pretty unanimously, more or less, uh, voted for. Lewis Dunk was he your player of the season, Aidy? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I mean, mm. I couldn't argue with. Him. I mean, he's deserved it for for many, many years, and I'm obviously absolutely delighted that he's decided to extend his stay, um, and possibly end his England career by doing so. By the looks of it, I mean, he he himself mm. said that possibly Ben White and um, Adam Webster are now possibly ahead of him in the pecking order for that because uh, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're they're because yeah. they're younger, but. You know what? If if Dunkey's can continue being the player that he has been for us, he's got every chance of being in in that um, England shake-up come the end of the season for for the Euros. But having seen um, Joe Gomez play last night, that that, that you know it's 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 shocking that he's been. uh, he, he after one cap. I mean, Gareth obviously had a look at him and doesn't rate him. But, mm. um, but I mean, I played against Gareth Southgate when I was in when I was in the Cubs, where they were obviously from Crawley. Um, but uh, <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah, I lost <laughs> badly. <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> but, um, never mind. But, but it, it was yeah. but but uh, yeah, you know, obviously that his palace roots run deep. <laughs> And yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we're, hopefully, Dunkey will get the opportunity. I mean, he's certainly good enough. Should certainly should once he got himself into the squad. He's certainly better than Tarkovsky. He's better than Gomez. Although Gomez has got age in the side, he, he's better than um, the fella who plays Michael Keane, Mings. Yeah, and yeah. it's it, it's just frustrating. But I mean, we'll yeah. we'll we'll take that on the chin if Ben White gets a call up playing for Brighton. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we've we've got lots of players. Jetting off around the world to play for the countries. Trossard made a statement for Belgium this week. Um, yeah. You know, um, and you know, it, it's great to have so many internationals um, in 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 and amongst the Albion in the squad. And, and you know what? I don't know if you remember this, but there was a, a board um, in the ticket office at the Goldston that had the um, in, uh, international caps that every player yeah. had played up to that point and. Hmm. You know, you used to look at that, and I mean, Jerry Ryan was the the highest uh, cap winner at the time. Yeah. Shane Duffy's currently the, the highest. Yeah, does, does his latest cap count for us or Celtic? <laughs> uh, he's on loan, so yes, it counts. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. But it, it's, uh, I, mean, he, I, I he suspect sub- subsequent ones, he hasn't played for Celtic yet, so, uh, yeah, yeah, that's subsequent, that's subsequent ones probably won't, but, hmm. um, you know, you, you know, Aaron Conley's been playing for Ireland, you've got, um, yeah, he's man of the match, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, league? you've got, well, Matt and Ryan must be close to being the, the sock cap winner now, so, I mean, that's a quiz question for a future generation, I think. Mm, definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it is frustrating. I mean, from the club pride point of view and from his own personal achievement point of view, obviously it's very frustrating for, for Lewis, but from a selfish Albion fortunes going forward this season point of view, um, it's maybe going to be beneficial, particularly in such a congested uh, season yeah. schedule. That's the one upside, isn't it? Um, but as you said, it's never too late at the moment. The one point which I haven't made on the show before, actually, which is worth worthy of mention just briefly, is that one thing I will say in Southgate's defence is he's tended to go with the people he's had through the through the ages um, in terms of um, yeah, yeah, the different uh, age categories for England. Oh, they're saying Charles Faddle-Hinterwood then. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I think injuries may have precluded him there slightly. But, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, so there is an element, there is some philosophy there going on, but you have to you have to scratch your head after a while, don't you, with that? My my argument would be, yeah. I mean, I can understand the age group thing completely, but he, he, but I mean, for him to come out and actually publicly say, oh, "I'm going to pick players on form," yeah, uh, clearly, and then clearly not pick players on form, and then pick Michael Keane. <laughs> Is that a it, dreadful it, thing? It, it, it's when you know you've had Lewis Dunk Player of the Season, four was it four goals he ended up with this season, yeah. um, inspirational in, inspiration on the pitch, and yeah. you know he 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 should he should. I, I don't say I'm not saying he should necessarily be playing, but it's just sure that he, it's yeah. certainly. But if, you can argue Calvin Phillips got called up for lead, so on that basis, shouldn't White have been called up? Yeah. The, well, the, I mean, the, the, look, I mean, this is the way. I, look, we're biased. We're Brighton fans, hmm. and we're going to say dunk, 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 dunk should be there. But um, when it's other clubs' fans that are saying that dunk should be there, ahead yeah. of these people, they're the people that you need to be looking at, not us, because you know, I mean. With all due respect to ourselves, we look at everything through blue and white tinted spectacles. But yeah, um, you're right. And lots of Villa fans have been on board with the fact that Dunk's wrong to have been overlooked. Uh, yeah, so I mean, but look, I mean, the, the, the longer that Potter's got in, the longer that he can bring these players through, we're going to have Ben White coming into the team this year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's going to be on massive wages now. I mean, that's. <laughs> That's part of the, the, the contract thing. So, he, I mean, he'll be starting, I would imagine. It'll be the three, possibly starting with the three. Uh, Webster, with, with Webster possibly playing right back, uh, or Veltman mm. playing right back. I think Lampton yeah. might be pushed, but if, he might continue to try and push him further forward. Um, I don't think, I, I think there's not going to be too many players that will be playing 40 plus games this mm. season. I think that you'll be looking at possibly quite a lot of, on, on 30 plus. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and it's all starting in just, well, six days' time for the Premier yeah, League. Yeah, and we're doing the Albion Raw season preview next week, and uh, that's yeah. going to be entertaining as ever with our pre season predictions, which all, all <laughs> which will go horribly wrong. But we haven't actually got to come up, <laughs> we haven't actually looked at the, the last season was because of what's happened, but um, we'll just make some new ones, and Adam Virgo will be wrong. Um, <laughs> As always. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, looking forward to that. Um, just a quick word to say, obviously, if you, if you haven't listened to it, definitely worth a listen the Albion Raw. Long-standing podcast, always good value, uh, usually with AD and with Alan Wears as presenters, and lots of good guests on there besides. Um, there's that guy who wears the, uh, 
EasyJet tops. He's quite good too, isn't he? Is, he? <laughs> <laughs> is that yeah? His name his yeah. name rhymes with oh. Sahar. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on. Certainly recommend checking out the show. Uh, obviously, all of our back catalogue of our own episodes are available. Please check those out. Please give us some five star ratings if you can. And if you want to contact the show, it's at Brighton Rock Pod or you can contact us on brightonrockpodcast at gmail.com. We come to you in sponsorship with Seagulls Over London. Uh, if you want to find out any more about Seagulls Over London, you can check them out on www.seagullsoverlondon.com. That's it for this week. Thank you to my special guest, A.D. Packham. Thank you, sir. Hope you enjoyed that. I did. I did. I know I've now been summoned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time to go. <laughs> we appreciate it. We'll have you on again soon. And um, decent episode, so fair play to you there. Uh, until gutted. next time, absolutely gutted. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's going to ruin your weekend, though, isn't it? Man? <laughs> well, it's Sunday night, so <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, folks. Stand or fall, up the Albion. See you later. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.